All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Friday edition of Basil Daily. Uh, you know, we're two, we're almost two weeks into this podcast, so I figured I'd already start shaking it up and start bringing in guests for our Friday shows. So, you know, for our for our first guest, uh, I thought I'd bring in none other than House Enterprise co-founder and co-host of the BBB podcast, Will Tondo. What's up, Will? What's going on, Basil? Appreciate you having me on. Podcast has been very very successful i'm enjoying it a lot and uh like i said appreciate you having me on i'm excited to talk some yankee well not excited but we'll talk some yankees yeah and yeah so you kind of just uh alluded to our, our our main topic for today which is you know the struggling new york yankees i mean as a mets fan i'm not as frustrated uh i wouldn't really say i'm rooting for the yankees to fail but i mean it is kind of interesting to see you know, a team that was with such high expectations for 2021 really struggling out of the gate. So, I mean, I guess to kind of set the tone for this entire show, uh, I kind of wanted to ask you kind of like a two-parter question. I mean, as both a, you know, writer for House Enterprise that's covering the Yankees and as a Yankees fan, um, what do you make of the current situation the Yankees are in? It's specifically in comparison to what people were expecting them to do this season. It has been a very, very disappointing start. Anybody, Yankee fan or not, can see it. And it's hard to pinpoint. I mean, you can pinpoint for three reasons. Ready? Terrible offense, lackluster defense, sloppy pitching, and where's the leadership in heart? Um, and just to go one by one, I mean, we'll start with leadership in heart. I feel like Aaron Boone is on the hot seat. He wasn't my favorite signing. You know, he won two seasons with 100 games with a very similar roster. Last year, he brought the team to the playoffs in the shortened season. With this team and with his leadership, it was this year a bust, in my opinion. I just don't feel, you know, 100 wins is great, but not even making the World Series in your tenure so far, unacceptable, especially with the team you have. And to go into his point, like into his character a little bit more, I mean, nice guy, very polite, no sense of urgency. These press conferences are brutal because it's like, yeah, you know, we're just not putting in our best effort right now. We have the fight and we'll be unlocked soon. It's like, no, I need you to go in and rip every single player a new asshole. And it's just not – and no one's stepping up. I mean, you have Garrett Cole frustrated. Aaron Judge looks like he's going to cry. Step up, whether it's Gardy, Judge, DJ, Cole, somebody. Step up and, like, get some fire under these players' asses. So that's the first part. Yeah, and, you know, you bring up that sense of urgency. And, I mean, no doubt I think pretty much every fan and every analyst – watching the Yankees right now feels that sense of urgency and everyone's described this season as championship or bust, but I have to ask, you know, Aaron judge is still young. Uh, Aaron Hicks is still young. Clint Frazier, the Yankees have a really solid team. That's going to be playing for, you know, a, a, a decent amount of more seasons, whether that's on the Yankees or somewhere else, what is it about this season that makes it championship or bust? I think it's the fact that, I mean, it all goes back to 2016, 2017, right? You know, they're coming off a few years of not being in the World Series. 
They had some aging veterans. They traded House. They traded Chapman to the Cubs. They traded Andrew Miller to the Indians. They got rid of Carlos Beltran and, and McCann before. And then you have the baby bomber. What is it? The baby bombers? Yep. Yeah, the, yeah. The baby bombers come up and start making an impact. It was Gary Sanchez, Luis Severino, uh, Greg Bird at the time, Aaron Judge, Miguel Andujar, Sanchez. You have these group of players that are coming up. And then Cashman started making moves. He acquires guys like Luke Voigt and Gio Urshela and DJ LeMayhew. Stanton hasn't performed to his former MVP caliber level, but you're traded a average at best second baseman in Starling Castro and a couple prospects to never that weren't going to sniff the field anytime soon for a former MVP. You make that trade 10 times out of 10. You get Aaron Hicks on an affordable deal. You start building some pitching up. The window for having this group of guys, which I feel just the combination of skill, athleticism, and affordable contracts is very rare for teams. It, you're not, you know, in a couple years, you're going to have to decide who's making the money in terms of Glaber, Luke Voigt, Gio, Gary Sanchez, Luis Severino, Clint Frazier, Aaron Judge. I mean, all of these guys are going to want a payday. And you cannot, you're not going to be able to afford them all. You see the Cubs, for example, the Cubs, they won that window in 2016. And now in 2021, they're not performing as well. And from the off season to now, there's been conversations of breaking up the core four of Baez, Rizzo, Bryant, and um, Contreras. So I just think with the talent they have, it needs to happen. It needed to happen the next five years. And now we're on technically year four. Definitely. And, you know, I think with that core four, I mean, it's, it's also an issue of are these guys, A, are the Yankees not going to want to keep paying these guys and, and clean house just like the Cubs did? And are these guys, do you think these guys might start getting better offers from these teams? Should they not finish 2021 with a championship? In terms of like when they become free agents, like the money they'll get. Yeah, correct. I mean, do you think once these guys start hitting free agency that they they might start seeking out better better uh, opportunities? I mean, the way they're performing, I don't know how much money they're going to get. Right now, in my mind, unless Aaron Judge can produce 2017 numbers and play 150 games, then we can start talking money. You know, he had one very amazing season, an amazing rookie season, and then the past two seasons have been eh. He gets hurt for two months. Yes, he hits like 20, 30 home runs, but it's it, it shows for nothing. It shows for a playoff appearance, and that's it. And we need to do better than that. Definitely. And so, you know, let's kind of – you highlighted it well um, in your in your kind of opening statement by talking about it's a pitching problem, it's an offense problem, and it's a manager problem. This Yankees pitching rotation has really been – I mean, in my opinion, subpar. I mean, you guys, guys like Garrett Cole, I mean, clearly one of the best pitchers in baseball, aside from Jacob DeGrom. But <laughs> outside of it, you got guys like Corey Kluber, who's, you know, really struggling with an injury, and Jameson Tyon, who's not really, you know, he's underperforming. What, what, what do the Yankees have to do to, you know, improve their performances on the mound? Listen, the pitching isn't the best, but I wouldn't put it as, like, terrible, terrible. You know, Garrett Cole has been lights out phenomenal. A couple home runs here and there, but he has a sub two ERA. He's got the strikeouts. He's been solid. 
Jordan Montgomery has also been comparable. He's a he's been a very good left-handed pitcher right now. He's got you know got himself into some trouble, but also got out. He's had consistent four, five, six, seven innings. I'm okay with his performance where he's supposed to be a true number four or five starter. Domingo, I mean, I think tonight will be hit my last straw with him. If he gets shelled, you know, it's time to just move on from him and bring up Debbie Garcia or Michael King. Then you have Kluber and Tyone. Those two guys, you know, Kluber is obviously a well-established, very accomplished veteran. Tyone is a highly touted prospect who has overcome some injuries. Both these guys did not pitch in quite some time, you know, and where they are right now and the team is going to put them on, you know, a pitch count and an inning count and so on. They're doing all right. They had some shaky starts, but I see constant improvement for them for guys that did not pitch for two years. Thank God for our bullpen. Our bullpen has been phenomenal in terms of Chad Green, Luasiaga, obviously Chapman, Darren O'Day, Justin Wilson, you know, Michael King, those guys have been very, very solid. And I'm happy for that. The only problem is they're getting overtaxed right now because we can't get past four innings. In my opinion, I think the Yankees could be very busy around the trade deadline this summer. Do you think one of those big, one of the big moves that they might need to make is kind of improving that rotation and giving some of these guys, you know, better options and better opportunities to not enter the fourth inning down for nothing? No, most definitely. I mean, what's going to happen, which is very frustrating because it was kind of similar to last year um, or the year prior, I forgot when, when the trade deadline comes and they don't land somebody, they're going to say, well, reinforcements are coming in terms of a Luis Severino. And I'm excited for Luis Severino to come back. When he is on, he is top notch. He is a very solid pitcher, one of the tops in the league. But he just came back from Tommy John surgery. We are going to not be able to expect to have five, six, seven innings right off the bat, especially if they're already easing in pitchers that are healthy right now. So I would like them to make a move at the deadline. Um, you know, a name that's been floating around is Max Scherzer. He is definitely someone that could be a one-year rental. It will cost a pretty penny. I will tell you that it's not going to be cheap, but if the Yankees are turned the season around and he's available, I would not shy that opportunity away. Another player that I'm kind of putting my eyes on is, I believe his name is Marquez from Colorado Rockies, German Marquez. Yes, I'm, I'm familiar. Um, he's been pretty solid in the Rockies. You know, they're looking to start clearing house. That opportunity also brings up maybe a Trevor Story. If, you know, Glaber isn't the answer at short, I don't know. I mean, I have a whole separate argument if like the Yankees want to like win now and implode my thoughts on that, but he could be an option as well. And there's also, you know, depending how the season goes, there's going to be teams that are looking to sell and the Yankees should be absolute buyers. Yeah. Max Scherzer is, is the biggest name to me that you mentioned that, that that's kind of got that wow factor. Um, I think, you know, he's, he's a really tough get. I think you're really going to need to, you know, show your full hand to Washington. If you want to get him, you're either going to have to shell out some big money or shell out a lot of prospects, but considering that the nationals are in last place and Max, you know, the Yankees are kind of in a win now position and a guy like Max Scherzer is also kind of in a win now position. It might be a good fit. Um, 
you know, the, the trade deadline is in any sport, especially in baseball is, you know, not only, not only a time where every team is evaluating where they are in the season, but the teams that are evaluating, Hey, we can make that final push are really hampering down. So aside from trades, I mean, we're, we always see a lot of other types of moves, specifically maybe some replacements at manager. Do you think the trade deadline is also kind of serves as a deadline for Aaron Boone to kind of get this to kind of right the ship or he's out? Yeah, I don't think the Yankees are going to fire him midseason, even with a, a skid like this. I don't think Cashman has the – I don't want to say like drive to do it. I don't know. I just don't, I don't foresee that happening. If they don't make it to the playoffs this season, he is a hundred percent out. There's no ifs and buts about it. If they make a playoff run, I think his job might be safe. You know, it'll be like, Oh, Aaron was struggling with his own health, health issues and a COVID season and players hurt and blah, 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 blah. But I don't know. I, it, I would agree with you that what you just said though, if, they can't turn it around by the trade deadline. Bye-bye. Yeah, I, I see I see what you're saying. I mean, Cashman is definitely a smart guy. Um, and the Yankees are, you know, I don't I don't think the Yankees let their ego get in the way of themselves, but I do think they're, you know, a, a program that takes a lot of pride in themselves. And I don't think, you know, they would want that that potentially bad look of firing a manager as they're making a championship run. Yeah, uh, just I mean, in if case anybody, if, if there's anybody that's going to get fired, in my opinion, right now, it should be Marcus Thames. Um, he's the hitting coach, and the hitting has been piss poor. It has been god awful. I mean, pulling up the stats right now, the Yankees' extra base hits are 37. That's 29th in the league. They rank 30th in slugging at a 334. Their batting average is second to last at a 205, or sorry, that's 28th. Um, they have a negative F war and their exit velocity. Everything is just piss. It's just, it's awful. It is awful for guys like, you know, not even Aaron judge and John Carlo who are like power hitters and um, primarily, and they obviously strike out a lot, but like DJ LeMayu, what's going on with you? Glaber Torres, what's going on with you? Our most consistent hitters are on the team right now. Or Gio Urshela, who's never been known for his offense and his past two seasons with the Yankees have been, oh shit, this kid can bat. And Gary Sanchez, who everyone absolutely hates. And he has like a, a plus 300 average right now. And he's, I think he, he is, for an everyday starter, he has the least amount of strikeouts too. What is going on? Yeah, I mean, and not only not only are those, are there, are those stats low, I mean, they're they're towards the bottom of the league in terms of total offensive performance. But I mean, the effort out there is also, I mean, you could pretty much describe it as piss poor. I mean, a lot of people were talking about last night, how Glaber Torres didn't even run out uh, a ground out. And, and as much as that might not be a big deal to some people, I think it shows that, you know, this team is, this team's a little bit checked out this early in the season. I mean, we're not even, we're not even into May yet. No, we're not into May. And, the Glaber run down the bases was inexcusable. I always get frustrated with that. That's one of my biggest pet peeves, and I'm not even a player. Just watching. I mean, I, if we ran, in, like, in high school and, and middle school and elementary school baseball, we didn't run down the first baseline, those coaches would have been pissed. Like, it is just piss poor effort. And, I mean, Glaber, he said, like, oh, we didn't know if it was foul or not, but 
that that just shows no heart. And if the, if the team had any spine behind them, I would have sent him down to the alternate side. He has the options. I would have made the message right now that nobody is safe. Because honestly, no one's job except Garrett Coles is safe on that, on the Yankee squad right now. Wow. So kind of wrapping up this topic for today, you know, Yankees are struggling. Fans are very frustrated. The team looks to be kind of checked out. If, if you were in the locker room right now with the Yankees, what move are you making right now to get this, to get this team back in order? I mean, I kind of alluded to it in the beginning, you know, those marquee players, those leaders of the locker room need to step up and really make an effort. I mean, I wish we had a CC Sabathia on this team right now. I wish we had a, a Nick Swisher and a Derek Jeter and those guys, you know, a, a core group of someone that can lighten the mood, but also, you know, when you listen, when he speaks, you listen, a guy that will put his heart on the line and wear the team on his sleeve in CC Sabathia and Derek Jeter, who's just cool, calm, collected. It's like steer the ship in the right way. And right now, I don't know who's going to fill those roles. You know, Brett Gardner has been on this team since the last World Series. He's the only team, the only player on the Yankees to have a World Series ring uh, on playing for the Yankees. He needs to be able to, you know, step up as the most mature leader on that in that in that clubhouse and say something. And Garrett Cole, I mean, he came here to win. He came here to win multiple. You know, he missed it out on Houston. He got traded from the Pirates. He is a winner. He is the most professional player on that team. He needs to step up as well and be like, I did not come here to be five and 10 or six and 10 or whatever they are. I came here to win multiple championships and be the best pitcher in the base in the major leagues. Yeah. I mean, I think that pretty much sums it up. Uh, leadership is key, especially when you're, you know, making a run like the Yankees want to make. All right. So thanks for coming on, man. Uh, this was great talking to you about the Yankees. And since it's our Friday show, uh, usually I finish this off with anything that I'm kind of getting into this weekend. It could be sports. It could be TV. It could be any, any event that you think people listening should look out for. So what are you checking out this weekend? What am I checking out this weekend? Um, I mean, the Knicks, the Knicks are on fire. Eight straight wins, currently the fourth in the East. Um, Emmanuel quickly has been a phenomenal, promising rookie. Julius Randle should be an all pro. Thomas, uh, Tom Thibodeau is like making lockdown defense and pulling talent out of guys like, uh, who's that guy they just uh, signed? Norlands, Norlands, Noel. Yeah, no, Nerlens Noel, obviously, but that center that was on a 10-day contract. Yes, yes. Um, it's been like it's been incredible. D Rose is back to like MVP form. It is just beautiful. And LeBron James said it best. You know, the league is better when the Knicks are winning. And this has been so much fun. So I'll be looking out for the Knicks. And then of course, uh, my Islanders, our Islanders, the Islanders, you know, that that Eastern division is a tough one. It's the best division in the league right now, in my it's opinion. Tough. I mean, I was looking at the standings today. The Capitals and the Islanders are pretty much tied at top, and they play either today or tomorrow. And Tonight. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, as of this podcast last night, yes. uh, we're filming this around 6.30 on Thursday. So hopefully they win, but, you know, the Bruins are obviously doing very well. Um, what's the other team? The Penguins are right on our tail. 
So that'll be a fun division to watch. I mean, the Islanders will make the playoffs, but I, I'm ready for them to win. And then prepping for the mock draft. We have NFL draft next week. So taking a look at what talent's available, what the Giants are going to do, and go from there. All right. All right, well, thank, thank you again for coming on, man, and uh, I'll catch you later. Absolutely. Keep up the great work. Happy Friday, everyone. Once again, a big shout out to Will Tondo for coming on today's episode. And now, let's get into today's New York scoreboard. The Rangers take the first time slot in today's scoreboard as they finish up a home back-to-back -back series with the Flyers at 7. At 7-10, the Yankees continue their series against Cleveland. Jordan Montgomery is expected to take the mound for New York. The Mets, just barely hanging on to first in the National League East, look to bounce back after their rough series in Chicago as they host the Nationals also at 7-10. Jacob deGrom is expected to throw the first pitch for New York. Finally, at 7.30, the Brooklyn Nets host the Celtics. While injuries have plagued Brooklyn Stars all season, Nets fans finally got a sliver of hope, as Spencer Dinwiddie said on Thursday that a postseason return could be possible. On House Enterprise, I complain about some new rules regarding college football's overtime. And since it's Friday, let's get into what I'll be checking out this weekend. As soon as possible, I'll definitely be watching the finale of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Last week's episode set up what should be an awesome final showdown in New York between Falcon and the Flag Smashers. In terms of sports, I'll join Will in checking out the Knicks as they host the Raptors at 1 on Saturday. With the fourth seed in the East, Knicks fans are so close to confirming that their team will make the postseason after an 8-year absence. I'll also be checking out both MLS teams in action for New York this weekend. NYCFC hosts Cincinnati on Saturday, while the Red Bulls take on Chicharito and the LA Galaxy on Sunday. On Saturday night, I'll be glued to the screen as Kamaru Usman defends his welterweight title against Jorge Masvidal at UFC 261. By the way, if you're an MMA fan or have been looking to get into the sport, check out my UFC 261 preview podcast that I'll be dropping tomorrow afternoon. You can listen to that anywhere you listen to Basil Daily. Until then, I'm your host Sam Basil, and you've been listening to Basil Daily, a podcast from House Enterprise with logo design by Molly Brodowski. Have a great weekend, everyone.